Um, all right, well, I'm excited. Uh, we are coming close to the end of our We Are Church series that we've been doing for a few weeks. Next week's going to be our last one. But I've loved being able to do this with you guys. I've loved being able to uh, talk with you guys and see kind of what it looks like to be a part of the church, all right? And as I think about the church and as we're kind of going through some of these topics and kind of what this looks like, uh, I kind of want to wanted to do this because... Part of next goal is to get you guys connected with the rest of Redemption Chapel and kind of see what it looks like to be involved with the church. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, well, you can't really be involved with the rest of the church if like, you don't understand about the church and what the church is. So that's largely why we're doing this series. So if you remember the first week, uh, I talked a little bit about how we're chosen people and how biblically the church is kind of a big deal. So we have to remember that we are part of God's chosen people, that chosen race, right? And then after that, Pastor Sean was here and he talked about teaching and the value of teaching and why teaching is important and why you guys come on Sunday morning to hear teaching. Why after a long day at work or a long day of class or maybe a little bit of both, you still come to next and you're still a part of teaching and you're still a part of small groups, that there's value in it. There's value in hearing these things out, learning and growing. Um, and then last week, Isaac talked about a little bit about community and the value of community and how that's kind of at the heart and kind of the center of what makes up the church, right? And so today we're going to be talking about a topic that is one that you probably hear a lot about, and it's a word that you probably hear a lot about, but maybe you know what it is, maybe you don't, and that's serving, Right? So we use the word serving, and we talk about serving in the church a lot. And some of you guys might have a good grasp because maybe you're already serving in some areas, and maybe for some of you guys it's just like a word that you hear, and you don't really understand why people are talking about it and saying it. And so like, I was thinking about how do I intro this, and I always, I'm trying to think of all these different ideas, and as I was kind of thinking and kind of doing some research, I came across a Dude Perfect video, and now I understand we're not in middle school. I know we're not in middle school, all right? But one, I still work in youth ministry. And two, they're opening like a new $10 million facility. So they're doing something right, okay? So without further ado, take a look at this video. All right. So the reason I pulled that up is, like I said, couldn't find a better video. And hey, my intros, they can't all be 100%. They can't all be wins, all right? I do my best here. I'm working with what I got, okay? So, but the reason that I put, show that video is who in here has been like a waiter or a waitress before? Show of hands. Is anybody? 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 Okay, all right. Nice, nice. So you guys know what it's like to be a server, right? So when you're going and you're serving at a restaurant, you kind of have to do what they're asking you to do. Like if they want to refill, you go get a refill. If they order something and they don't want it as part of their meal, you have to like comply and you have to listen to them and you have to do it. And sometimes that can be a difficult job, right? It's not easy to do it. There has probably been people that have yelled at you or screamed at you or uh, have been the ones that pop up in the Karen videos that show up on YouTube kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So you probably have experienced that. And I think for some of us, when we think about serving, it could feel kind of degrading, right? Like, this is not something that I want to do. Like, why would I bend towards this person's will? Why would I do this? And that's kind of the glass half empty way to look at it. But if you think about the glass half full, it's a way to give to somebody. It's a way to show somebody that you care. It's a way to, way to show that you're willing to do something. Now, it's a little different with the restaurant, right? With that context, you're kind of going, you're doing it to make a living. You're trying to make money. But when we use that word with, when it comes to the church and we're talking about serving, it's a little bit different. We have to think about it in a different context, in a different light. 
And so today, there's two questions that I want to look at. There's two questions. It's, why do we serve, and what does serving look like? Why do we serve, and what does serving look like? And I think these two things will hopefully help us get a better picture of what it looks like to be involved in the body and to be a part of the church. And so, the first thing we're going to look at is, why do we serve? And that first thing is, because we are gifted. So if you come to Redemption Chapel and if you come on Sunday mornings, we have talked a little bit about giftings. So we've been going through 1 Corinthians, and at one point we were talking about giftings, and uh, we kind of dove into a little bit of what gifts are and what the, where they come from and how the Holy Spirit's involved. And so I want to look at that 1 Corinthians passage together. It says, Now there are some varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So when we look at that passage, for some of us that can open up kind of an interesting can of worms, like what is it talking about when it talks about tongues or prophecy or healing and things like that. And that stuff's got value. It's got things, there's a reason to look into that to figure out what those things mean. But ultimately, that's not what we're covering here. That's not the point of this passage. That's not why we're looking at this today. And if you're curious and if you want to know more, we've covered some of this on Sunday mornings. You can go watch those sermons. The reason that I pull this up is because I want to talk about the aspect of gifts. That we are all gifted in a different way. That we all have certain gifts that can help us to build up the church, that can help us to be better and to give glory to God. And so Paul, what he's doing here is he's listing all of these different gifts that people in the Corinthian church had. He's showing them, here's something that you have, here's something you have, here's something you have. But they're, all of these gifts are coming from God. And they all have different things, right? It's different aspects. Some of it's wisdom, some of it's knowledge. Some of it they are talking about is tongues and interpretation. But whatever this looks like, they're all gifted so that they can come and work together in the right way. And I think some of you guys probably are asking yourselves, like, what? I don't know what I'm gifted in. Like, what does that mean? And I think sometimes a good way to look at this is the job that you do. Or maybe the major you're pursuing if you're still in college. Like, think about what you like to do. When you were a kid and you're like, all right, I don't know, what am I going to be when I grow up? You're probably trying to figure it out. You're probably wondering, you got to like think about college or looking at other people's jobs, like you're trying to figure out what to do. Or if you, maybe if you were a Christian in high school, like I was, it was like, what is God's will for my life, you know? And that is a loaded question. And I feel bad for my youth pastors for asking them that question because that's a difficult one. But it's ultimately, when a high schooler would ask me that, you look at them and say, well, what do you like doing? What are you good at? What are you passionate about? What do you desire to do? And I think that is an easy way to see that we're gifted, to look at our hearts, to examine our hearts and see where God is pointing us. And as long as it's filtered through the Bible, as long as it's something that doesn't contradict something that the Bible says, you're pro that's probably what you're gifted in. So for me, from like middle school, like if you, some of you guys might have feared speech class. 
I loved speech class. I used to go in those speeches and I wouldn't even take note cards or anything with me. I would just do the speech because I loved doing the speech. I learned that I was like, I just enjoyed that. And so I wanted to pursue that. And in college, like, I started to learn that I, like, really liked theology. And, like, as I was starting to kind of meet people at, at Cedarville and as I was starting to grow, I was, I was starting to study more. I was like, wow, I kind of like this. And so now I get an opportunity to serve at the church by helping to lead our Redemption Academy class. Like, that's speaking in front of people in theology. Those are things that kind of mesh together. I think that we have all been gifted in different ways. And though it might look different person to person at your table, God has given you something that you're passionate about, a heart for something, something that you desire to do. And that might be the best way to see your gifting. God has given you an ability, some way to do something. And I encourage you to look forward to that and to pursue that thing. But why do we serve? It's not only because we're gifted, but because we're serving someone higher. We're serving someone higher. I think that when we think about serving, we have to remember that there is someone better. That there is a reason that we're serving, and it's not just to do community service or to make ourselves feel better. I want to look at this passage from 1 Samuel. It says, And the the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God, that we may not die, for we have added to all our sins this evil, to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet you do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. So reading this passage, I want you guys to understand that this is a time when Saul, King Saul, was going to be reinstated. Saul, not a great guy, but he kind of started okay. And things started to kind of unravel and they weren't great. And they weren't great. But up to this point, these people really just wanted a human king. They wanted somebody they could look up to. And Samuel was helping to see and provide that, okay, here is somebody. God, I'm intercessing for you. I'm showing you that there is somebody here. But you are putting your faith in him. You are serving him. There's two people, two things that you could be serving. People or God. And here's the thing. We can serve people all the time. It's easy, like, hey, uh, I, I'm short five bucks. Can you spot me five bucks? Sure, here's five bucks. It's easy, you know? You can go and do it, like, when you're maybe at work and somebody needs a little extra help. Like, you go help them out. When you, maybe it's a big thing. Maybe it's, like, a family member that needs you to go mow their lawn or, or to help them, like, move a couch or something like that. Those are easy ways to serve. But ultimately, one, most of the time that's for ourselves. That's to make our, we can see it so that we can make ourselves feel better or maybe we don't want to do it because it infringes on my, like my me time or the time that I have for myself or maybe you do it because like ultimately other people are going to see me. But also, those times you're serving those people and you're giving to those people, if it's not for God... Is it for them? Truly? Can you ask yourself and say, am I serving these people for them? Because most of the time, 
it's just because you do it because it makes you feel good or maybe you feel like you need to do it or if it's for work or something like that. And you're serving these people that will ultimately fail you. People fail you all the time. People fail me all the time. I fail people all the time. But God does not. And that's what's happening here. That's what Samuel's saying is that you are serving this king that is going to fail you. But there is someone that won't ever fail you. That's the one that deserves service. And now we get to look at God after the cross has already happened. He's given us everything. The opportunity at life. The opportunity to to be with him for eternity. He is the one that deserves service more than anyone else. And the best part about it is, if you serve him, he will not fail you. He's not expecting you to serve him. He's not expecting you to say, if you do this, then you'll get into heaven. No, you're sealed with Christ. But our service should be out of giving him glory, showing him he is the best, showing him that he deserves it. Our service should never be for ourselves, but serving someone that is better. So we have to ask ourselves, why do we serve? It's because God's given us the gifts to do so. And also because we are not serving ourselves and we're not serving other humans, we're serving a greater God. So that begs the question, what does serving look like? What does it look like? Like, I can, I can tell you like the philosophy behind it, I can tell you the biblical reasons behind it, but that's just, that's not gonna be enough because I wanna be able to give you guys and show you what it looks like. And the first thing is it looks like serving one another. It looks like serving one another. When we consider serving, what serving looks like, we have to remember that we are a body of believers. Remember, Isaac talked last week about community, how that's vital and it's central and it's a big part of what it looks like to be a body of believers. And that we're part of a community in which we are all giving glory to the same God. But we're also called to build one another up. So we're going to look at this passage here from 1 Peter. It says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one. Whoever speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Serving effectively, it looks like serving one another. Next week, Isaac is going to come back and he's going to wrap up and we're going to talk about what it looks like for the body to be unified. But part of the body being unified is looking out for one another building one another up, being there for for each other. And one of the aspects about the church that is amazing is the fact that we get to serve one another. And we're called to use our gifts to build up the body. And we're all gifted in different ways, so it's not like the exact same gift in here is helping the exact same gift in here. Where one person is flawed, another person may excel in that. And we can balance each other out. Where one person, for for the illustration... Where one person is a foot, another person is a hand, right? That we all are put together and we're all given this point of talent, we're all given this gifting so that we can be there to encourage one another, to point one another towards Christ. And even when life gets hard, that we are never alone. Me and Sydney are in a community group, and I love our community group. 
Our community group's awesome. If you are interested in joining a community group, that is definitely a possibility. You can uh, sign up on the church website. But we love it. We, we love the people that are a part of it. And just recently, one of our community group members, her mom died. And that's hard. It was unexpected. Nobody saw it coming. She didn't see it coming. Uh, her dad didn't see it coming. That was a hard moment. And just by this community group member telling a few other people in our community group, everybody, it was amazing. Everybody in the community group just dropped what they were doing and went and loved her. They, they cared for her. They prayed for her. We gave her uh, opportunities just to be an open ear when there's nothing else to say or just to sit with her or to, uh, some people were immediately jumping on, all right, what, how can we make food for them? How can we help them with the funeral? How can we help her dad out? Her dad's not even in our community group. It was amazing. And that's the opportunity that we get as a body of believers to come alongside one another, to encourage one another, to push one another towards Christ. That we get to serve one another because we have been given an opportunity at life because we have been served by one that is much greater than us. So what does serving look like? It looks like serving one another but also, it looks like serving in the church. This is the last area that I want to talk about. And I think we talk about serving in the church a lot. You guys probably hear it a lot if you come on Sunday mornings. I mean, Johnny was here last week, if you are here last week, talking about helping with youth ministry. Like, we talk about serving a lot. We get those serve pushes a lot. But sometimes you guys might not understand, like, why are they pushing this? Like, why are they doing this? Why do they keep asking me to serve? Why is this the 15th time, like, Pastor Austin has come and asked me to help hold doors open on Sunday mornings, you know? Like, you're prob- some of you might be wondering. And I want to show you one more passage. This will be the last passage that we look at today. This is, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human coming, cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes." Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The key idea that I want you to take away from this is that we are building the body up. The idea that we are doing ministry together. And it's true. I'm on staff, right? I'm paid to be here. Anya's on staff. Isaac's on staff. We are paid, like we have paid positions. But we are not the body of Christ. It's not just the three of us. It's not just three of us. It's not the 20 people that we have on staff. It is all of us. And we are here, sure, to make sure things run smoothly and make sure the church building doesn't burn down, you know, when we have 80 middle schoolers in this room. Or like when we have, uh, when we have things going on in, the, in one end of the building and something happening down here. Like, that's part of our job. But that is not, we do not encompass the whole body. That is with you guys. The body isn't complete with just staff members. It's complete with you. And part of our job is to give you guys opportunities to serve, to help make the church better, to be a part of the church, the one that structures and that works together so that ultimately we can give glory to God. 
That's a good thing. That's an amazing thing. And we want to give you those opportunities. And some of you guys might be wondering, like, well, maybe I know my gifting. Maybe I know what I'm good at, but I don't know where to serve. Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. There are plenty of opportunities to serve at Redemption Chapel. If you go to the church website, click connect on the top, and you'll be able to find a window that says uh, serve opportunities. And there you can click in what areas you're interested in serving, what you want to do. And for some of you, it's kids' zone. If you have the patience for children, I do not. And good for you guys. I'm really, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, maybe some of you guys, it is youth ministry, and you can come and help with me, Anya, and Isaac uh, when, we're, uh, when we're helping out with the high schoolers or middle schoolers. Maybe you're like, uh, I don't know, like maybe I just kind of want something that's not <laughs> as intense. Uh, so you want to go maybe just cut donuts for the Sunday morning or hold a door open during a service or something. Shana always needs people for first impressions. Whatever it is, there are plenty of ways to serve here at the church. And we want you guys to take those opportunities. Maybe sometimes it's difficult, maybe sometimes it's tough, like, and you're like, ah, I don't know what to do, I don't, I'm not sure what the right area is kind of thing. Well, Tuesday nights, you could always help serve here. We always need people that help on the tech team. We definitely need people on Coffee Bar, all right? Uh, we only have like two people rotating on Coffee Bar right now, so if, even if you don't know how to make coffee, we would love the help. Jack can teach you. He'll, t- he'll show you how to make a coffee, all right? Uh, but there's opportunity to serve here. But lastly, the thing I want to push, and this will hopefully lead well into what we're going to talk about last week, is a good way to serve other young adults at Redemption Chapel is to tell them and invite them to next. Like, I know, I talk to so many young adults on Sunday mornings that come to the church, they see the slide on the screen, but they never come on Tuesday nights. And that's just because maybe they're nervous, maybe they're unfamiliar. Some of them are at a different phase of life, like there's some young adults that have babies and they just can't do it kind of thing. Or there's some that like work during that time or have class. I get it. But there are plenty that don't know about it. And how amazing would it be to show them we have a place where we have community where we can meet on Tuesday nights, where we can come together, we can praise God, we can have fun, we can learn, but they're just not going because they're scared, because they're nervous, because they don't know about it. And I want to encourage you and challenge you that to just shoot a text to somebody that is within our young adult age range, 18 to 29, say, hey, like, we come together on Tuesday nights, like, I'd love to see if you join me sometime. And it's that easy. It's showing people that there's opportunities to get involved. It's showing people that there's opportunities to serve at Redemption Chapel. And that is what it looks like to serve the hearts of those that maybe have no idea that something like this exists. Serving is a vital part of the church, and it's a vital part of who we are and what makes us up because we come together to be able to work hard to give glory to God. And we want to make it work the best that we can for his glory. All right? I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to go into some small groups. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for all the people that are in this room. I thank you for the uh, opportunity that we get to come before you and to serve your kingdom. Lord, if maybe there's an area where we aren't serving or where we, uh, where we want to serve, but we're just unsure about it, and please push our hearts, convict our hearts to help us serve in that area. Help us point towards the glory of the cross and the fact that you deserve it so we're willing to serve you because of your son and his sacrifice. And ultimately, I thank you for that and I thank you for the people in this room. Amen, I pray. Amen.